what they're not telling you about January 6th, the FBI, Ukraine, and the JFK assassination. On this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to The Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against Uniparty and lets you enter the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 329 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show from Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is the day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com. Click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland. It drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Okay, what are they not telling you? A lot. Let's get right to it, shall we? There has been a huge indictment since we last spoke. FBI agent who investigated Trump-Russia collusion has been arrested for colluding with Russia. Have you heard about this? It's all over the mainstream media. I'll share with you what Deborah Hine is saying about it over at American Greatness. A former senior FBI counterintelligence official involved in the Trump-Russia probe was arrested and charged over the weekend for money laundering and violating sanctions against Russia while secretly working with Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch who the U.S. government sanctioned. Charles McGonigal was a special agent in charge of counterintelligence in the FBI's New York field office until he retired in 2018. McGonigal was arrested Saturday afternoon, JFK Airport, following travels in Sri Lanka, according to Fox News sources. 54-year-old McGonigal is accused of violating U.S. sanctions by agreeing to provide services to Deripaska. The Russian billionaire was placed under U.S. sanctions in 2018 for reasons relating to the 2014 annexation of Crimea from Ukraine by Russia. It's always a Ukraine angle, isn't there? The oligarch was criminally charged last year with violating those sanctions. Sergei Shestikov, a former Soviet and Russian diplomat, was also arrested on Saturday, according to the indictment. After becoming a U.S. citizen, 
69-year-old Sergei Shestikov worked as a Russian interpreter for courts and government offices. McGonagall was hit with a second indictment on Monday on charges related to his receipt of $225,000 in cash from a former employee of a foreign intelligence service while he was still employed by the FBI. So he's been indicted Southern District of New York and also Washington, D.C. Here's a quote from the indictment. According to the night, well, from the affidavit released by the DOJ, according to the nine-count indictment unsealed today from August 2017 and continuing through and beyond his retirement from the FBI in September 2018, McGonagall concealed from the FBI the nature of his relationship with a former foreign security officer and business person who had ongoing business interests in foreign countries and before foreign governments. Specifically, McGonagall requested and received at least $225,000 in cash from the individual and traveled abroad with the individual and met with foreign nationals. The individual later served as an FBI source in a criminal investigation involving foreign political lobbying over which McGonagall had official supervisory responsibility. McGonagall is accused of engaging in other conduct in his official capacity as an FBI special agent in charge that he believed would benefit the business person financially. Now, now, now don't forget, McGonagall was a try, guy who was trying to, he was trying to uh, set up Trump and set up other conservatives, and, and we'll get to that. But right now, we're just talking about the way they took him down. U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams, said in a statement that McGonagall and Shestikov both previously worked with Deripaska to attempt to have his sanctions removed, and as public servants, they should have known better. This office will continue to prosecute those who violate U.S. sanctions enacted in response to Russian belligerents in Ukraine in order to line their own pockets. Okay, more from the press release. Both men are charged with one count of conspiring to violate and evade U.S. sanctions in violation of the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, the the IEEPA. One count of violating the IEEPA, one count of conspiring to commit money laundering, and one count of money laundering, each of which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Shestikov is also charged with one count of making false statements, which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison, according to prosecutors. FBI Assistant Director in Charge Michael J. Driscoll said, the FBI is committed to the enforcement of economic sanctions designed to protect the United States and our allies, especially against hostile activities of a foreign government and its actors. Russian oligarchs like Oleg Deripaska perform global malign influence on behalf of the Kremlin and are associated with acts of bribery, extortion, and violence. Driscoll added 
After sanctions are imposed, they must be enforced equally against all U.S. citizens in order to be successful. There are no exceptions for anyone, including a former FBI official like Mr. McGonigal. Supporting a designated threat to the United States and our allies is a crime the FBI will continue to pursue aggressively. Now, the U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control designated Deripaska as a specially designated national on April 6, 2018, and sanctioned him for acting on behalf of a senior official of the Russian Federation's government and for operating in the Russian energy sector. Again, from the DOJ press release. In 2021, the two defendants agreed to and did investigate a rival Russian oligarch of Deripaska in return for concealed payments from Deripaska in violation of sanctions the United States imposed in 2018, according to the indictment. McGonagall and Shestikov allegedly knew their actions violated U.S. sanctions because, among other reasons, while serving as special agent in charge, McGonagall received then-classified information that Deripaska would be added to a list of oligarchs considered for sanctions. As part of their negotiations with Deripaska's agent, McGonagall, Shestikov, and the agent attempted to conceal Deripaska's involvement by, among other means, not directly naming Deripaska in electronic communications using shell companies as counterparties in the contract that outlined the services to be performed, using a forged signature on that contract, and using the same shell companies to send and receive payments from Deripaska, according to the indictment. In 2019, McGonagall and Chestikov also allegedly worked on behalf of Deripaska in an, unsuccess- in an unsuccessful effort in an unsuccessful effort to have the sanctions against Deripaska lifted. In November 2021, when FBI agents questioned Shestikov about the nature of his and McGonagall's relationship with Deripaska's agent, the interpreter made false statements in a recorded interview, according to federal prosecutors. Okay, now, while serving as chief... Now, this is back from the... Um, from the DOJ press release to Deb Hine, American Greatness, in the article. She says, while serving as chief of the cybercrimes section at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., McGonagall was reportedly one of the first bureau officials to pick up on George Papadopoulos' boast that he knew the Russians had dirt on Hillary Clinton. The former 2016 Trump advisor's gossipy remarks helped spur the Operation Crossfire hurricane. McGonagall was also involved in the FBI's probe of Trump campaign advisor Carter Page, according to text messages released by Senate Republicans. On March 16, 2017, he wrote to an FBI colleague, our team is currently talking to Carter Page regarding Russia.
Now, Deripaska has ties to disgraced former British spy Christopher Steele, who compiled the infamous dossier that alleged the Trump campaign colluded with the Russian government to influence the 2016 election. Christopher Steele acted as a paid lobbyist on behalf of Deripaska and used the FBI to launder his political work. Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz confirmed Steele furnished intelligence information that the FBI disseminated, including in four intelligence information reports sent through the U.S. intelligence community concerning the activities of Russian oligarchs. By the time Steele was closed by the FBI as a confidential confidential human source in November 2016, the FBI had disseminated 10 intelligence information reports based on Steele's reporting. So, you know, Steele was a bad guy. The FBI knew it, and they ran with the ball anyway. Sergey Millian, a pro-Trump Belarusian-American businessman, was falsely accused of being a source for the Steele dossier and of being someone who substantiated the existence of the infamous P-tape. Special counsel John Durham's years-long investigation into the FBI's Crossfire Hurricane investigation, however, determined that Christopher Steele's colleague, Igor Danchenko, was the primary researcher behind the now-debunked and discredited dossier. Million who has fought for years to regain his reputation after it was dragged through the mud, said on Twitter that Special Counsel John Durham should talk to Charles McGonigal as he now has a motive to out the co-conspirators who made false accusations against President Trump. How about that? How about that? Kind of makes you wonder if uh, Durham has anything to do with the indictment of Charles McGonigal, you know? But wait, there's more. And I mean, there is so much more. My corner of Twitter, the people I follow, it's like they investigate this stuff 24-7, like the Marco Polo guys who put Hunter Biden's laptop out there on the Internet for anyone to see. So one of these guys, not one of the Marco Polo guys, but one of the guys in my little corner of Twitter goes by FOIA fan because he likes to do Freedom of Information Act requests. In response to the indictment of Charles McGonigal, he has a screenshot of an FBI press release from October 4th, 2016. 
and he's highlighted a little bit of it. it says FBI Director James B. Comey has named Charles McGonigal as a special agent in charge of the Counterintelligence Division for the New York field office of the FBI. Mr. McGonigal most recently served as the section chief of the Cyber Counterintelligence Coordination Section at FBI headquarters. McGonigal entered on duty with the FBI in 1996. He was first assigned to the New York field office where he worked Russian foreign counterintelligence and organized crime matters. Well, it kind of makes it look like maybe uh, maybe the Russians flipped this guy. You know? He worked Russian foreign counterintelligence, but now he's indicted for being on their side. Oh, oh, by the way, apropos of nothing in particular, during his tenure in New York, Mr. McGonigal worked on the TWA Flight 800 investigation. Now, that was the one where a lot of the witnesses said that the FBI really leaned on them to try to change their stories because there are a lot of witnesses who said that they saw a... uh, a shoulder-fired missile go up and hit the uh, the jet, TWA-800, over Long Island, you know, over the water next to Long Island. And the FBI, oh, no, 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 uh, what about this? No, you can't say that. No, you didn't see that. Fascinating, isn't it? So anyway, FOIA fan says, look who just got arrested for a Russian oligarch-related issue. The FBI agent that James Comey put in charge of counterintelligence in the FBI's New York field office just before the 2016 election. P.S. By the way, Hillary's campaign headquarters was in Brooklyn. I mean, just so you know. And... He also has a, another screenshot here. Now, this is from the New York Post, September 15, 2022. Oh, this, this is the tip-off. This was a tip-off. A former top New York FBI agent who helped trigger the investigation into the 2016 Trump campaign's alleged ties to Russia, has himself come under scrutiny by federal prosecutors for his own ties to the Kremlin and other foreign governments, a report said Thursday. But this Thursday was back in September of 2022. I missed it. Did you see it? A federal grand jury convened in 2021 may be examining former FBI special agent in charge Charles McGonigal's apparent links to a top aide to Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. Insider reported, citing a leaked grand jury subpoena document. 
McGonigal, who retired from the Bureau in 2018, led the FBI's counterintelligence division in New York, also served as the cyber counterintelligence section chief in Washington, according to his LinkedIn page. Goodness sakes. I mean, this is a, it's a really big deal. So the next tweet has the, just the word immunity and uh, a screenshot of an email from what looks like Assistant Attorneys General 2017 about the Flynn investigation. Somebody, okay, McGonigal is emailing Peter Strzok and others about immunity. Mike Flynn offers to testify in exchange for immunity. Well, they didn't want that. They wanted to put him in prison. Wow. Now, McGonigal... We've got a video of him from the day James Comey was fired, and he was not happy about that. So that's coming up next. But again, this episode of the Doc Washburn Show, we're getting all up into what they're not telling you about January 6th, the FBI, Ukraine, and the JFK assassination. I'm going to try to fit it all in. A lot coming up, though. Look, if you have tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live, and that's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Just go to redriverauto.com. Pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com. You will be glad you did. I know I am. Now, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating my pillow, the best pillow ever. Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great. They feel great which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dreams bed sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal 
on his Giza bed sheets. You can get a set of Giza Dreams sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else again. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Get a set of Giza Dreams sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight, just by using promo code DWS. And right now, a set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. My Pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow Giza Dreams sheets for just twenty nine ninety eight. Now, by the way, I am wearing my new My Slippers moccasins Right now, I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Also, I had no idea you could go out in really cold weather, like 15 degrees one day, with my slippers on, my, my slipper moccasins on. No socks. Feet didn't get cold. Amazing. Right now, save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins, marked down to just forty nine ninety eight by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike is having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals and slides for as low as nineteen ninety eight. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. Now, Mike's other passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to the good old USA. For years, people approached Mike Lindell with great products but had no way of marketing them. MyStore.com was created to give these people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. But to get the deals at mystore.com or mypillow.com, make sure you use promo code DWS. Now remember, that does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. It stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Quantities are extremely limited at this time and at these amazing prices. So please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, let's get back to it. This 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 is is such a big deal. I want to play you the audio of this guy who's just been indicted in two different places, Southern District of New York and Washington D.C. 
former head of counterintelligence for the FBI, Charles McGonigal, the day James Comey was fired, he was not a happy camper. Thank you, Ted, and uh, thank you all for being here this evening. I know you're uh, committed to hearing a lot about counterintelligence. Uh, On a sad note, though, my colleague and I share the fact with you that our director, James Comey, was just summarily fired by uh, the president uh, at the attorney general's recommendation this evening. So, So James Comey has been officially fired as FBI director. Uh, I know Bill shares in this. Uh, I think we both felt that Director Comey was uh, probably one of the most uh, loved leaders that we've had in a number of years commanding uh, a leadership uh, role in the FBI. Uh, And I I think... Appreciate that. Uh, I think many of us uh, who were nominated for leadership positions by him uh, will forever hold him in esteem as we progress uh, through our FBI careers. So we wanted to share that with you as we just received the news as we walked in the door. Uh, No idea who the next FBI director will be, but uh, obviously Andrew McCabe will be probably acting director uh, as we move forward here. So who also has the benefit of being a homegrown New York FBI agent prior to his ascension to deputy director. Um, So shifting gears a bit, we're here to talk about counterintelligence, foreign influence. I wonder if special prosecutor, special counsel, I guess is the correct terminology, special counsel John Durham, I wonder if his fingerprints are on these indictments. I wonder if this has anything to do with the indictments, John Durham. By the way, in the meantime, Christopher Ray was in uh, Davos, World Economic Forum, the other day. And I think the uh, the sophistication of the private sector is is improving, and and particularly important, the level of collaboration between the private sector and the government, especially the FBI, has I think uh, made significant strides. Pretty much every technology we could talk about today, uh, we see both great opportunity, but great great dangers uh, in the wrong hands. Yeah, he wants to be in control. This guy does not like the First Amendment, freedom of speech. No, 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 no. No, he wants to come down hard on misinformation, disinformation. Well, so this uh, this is something that he's not very happy with, probably. His boy McGonagall being indicted. FOIA fan is linking to... Uh, a tweet here about McGonagall's early involvement in Spygate. McGonagall is the first one that received the Downer EC at FBI headquarters in Russia to pre-stap Moffa, McCabe, etc. Crossfire Hurricane was opened just days later. And here's a screenshot in that what you received, an email basically with a factual scenario from the friendly foreign government, Mr. Moffa. That's right. I received an email that contained essentially that reporting, which then served as the basis for the opening of the case. That's right. 
Mr. Summers, do you recall who sent you that email? Mr. Moffa, I received it from Redacted says, if you have to give names, Moffa says, no, this was a section chief name, Charles McGonigal, who was in the division at the time. Summers says, I'm sorry, he was where? Moffa says he was section chief within counterintelligence division on the operational side. So I'm thinking this this looks like it's probably a screenshot from uh, from the Mueller report. Looky here. Over at ForensicNews.net, retired top FBI counterintelligence official worked with ex-Russian intelligence officer close to Deripaska, foreign agent paperwork reveals. Now, this, this is from December of 2021. A former senior Soviet foreign ministry official in the U.S. filed as a foreign agent for a top aide Russian billionaire, Oleg Deripaska, who has been described by the U.S. Senate as a key figure in the Kremlin's malign influence operations. The paperwork filed under the Foreign Agent Registration Act has raised numerous concerns from experts who've noted that the aide, Yevgeny Fokin, has reportedly been flagged by the FBI as a former senior Russian intelligence official. In addition, the filing raises questions about the involvement of a former senior FBI counterintelligence official who reportedly connected Fokin to a law firm and business intelligence consultants. The filing under the Foreign Agent Registration Act was first publicly spotted by Wendy Siegelman, an independent investigative journalist. Again, this is late 2021. But the folks I follow on my corner of Twitter, they investigate this stuff and they bring it out. I've never heard of ForensicNews.net before, but boy, it's a you can look at it and see it's a thing. Now, FOIA fan says it looks like the indictment concerns post-Spygate activities by at least two major Spygate, Spygate characters. We'll see where this all leads. Certainly interesting. Yeah, because um, he links to Hans Monkey saying McGonagall was the FBI's recipient of the fake tip from Alexander Downer that supposedly started the Trump-Russia investigation. He was also involved in the fake Carter Page Crossfire Dragon investigation. Wow. And look who is representing Charles McGonagall, Seth Ducharme. He was John Durham's right-hand man. Fascinating. Oh, no. Here I am hoping that Durham is going to do something with this. And for some reason, Durham's former right-hand man is, is representing McGonagall? Man, that doesn't sound good at all. I wonder if Seth Ducharme has a uh, 
Wikipedia page. Yeah, he does. Let's see. He was acting U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York from July 10th, 2020 to March 19th, 2021. May 2021, he joined the law firm Bracewell LLP. So he was... But this guy was saying that he was like uh, Durham's right-hand man. I wonder if... I wonder if his Wikipedia page says anything about Durham. Let's see. Nope. No, it doesn't. It does say that he served as the U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, D.C., Principal Associate Deputy Attorney General to Jeffrey Rosen and Counselor to William Barr. Makes you wonder. But, of course, just because he is Wikipedia page doesn't say that he was Durham's right-hand man doesn't mean that he wasn't. Let's see. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Um, an email sent April 30th, 2019. From Seth Ducharme to John Durham. John, this is my new OAG secret level email account. So that's, yeah, so they were. They were um, definitely uh, in this thing together. Wow. Wow. All right, so Mark Levin, the great one, Mark Levin, out there saying the FBI should have searched all Biden properties immediately upon learning of the original classified documents in early November. Still no urgency, no subpoenas, no warrant. They're working with Biden's private lawyers. Have they started searching Biden's University of Delaware papers where his Senate records are housed? Because he took classified documents from there as well. I kind of doubt it, you know. So, the great one, checking in. On that. Um, So Aaron Katursky, ABC News, said former top FBI official in New York has been arrested over his ties to a Russian oligarch. ABC has learned Charles McGonigal, who was in charge of counterintelligence for FBI New York, tried to get Oleg Deripaska removed from the U.S. sanctions list. And the great Julie Kelly responded, uh, isn't this what Christopher Steele was trying to do too? In other words, why hasn't Christopher Steele been arrested? Doing the same thing, right? 
McGonagall was arrested Saturday JFK after he flew in from overseas travel, charged with sanctions violations, while the FBI, McGonagall supervised and participated in investigations rolling Russian oligarchs, including Deripaska. This is Aaron Katursky at ABC. Yeah, Julie Kelly asked a good question. Wasn't Christopher Steele, you know, the Steele dossier. Wasn't he trying to do the same thing? Why, yes, I believe he was. By the way, the FBI is a joke at this point. They just arrested three active-duty Marines on four misdemeanors related to January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol. Again, Julie Kelly says, it's time for Republican governors to speak out against this clearly political persecution of their constituents. One defendant is from Virginia. One is from Indiana. The third is from Michigan. And your silence Governor Yunkin of Virginia and Governor Holcomb of Indiana. And she's right, you know. And the Hodge twins, the um, the conservative comedians, the YouTube influencers say, the feds are still hunting down people who walked into the Capitol over two years later. Now they're going after three active-duty Marines. The political... Persecution has to stop. Now, when are state governors going to stand up for their own citizens against the corrupt feds? Julie Kelly says, apparently these dangerous perps have been under investigation by the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force for at least 16 months. And she's got part of the government's incriminating evidence against the alleged trespassers, which is... They sent private messages to each other on social media saying that um, they didn't believe 2020 was a fair election. So they're being prosecuted. Those are thought crimes. You know? Julie Kelly has pictures from the indictment of these guys Inside the rope line, inside the Capitol, she says, mocking, mockingly, of course, just like Pearl Harbor and 9-11, inside for 50 minutes, committed no crime, lives destroyed at the hands of this ruthless, petty, vengeful DOJ prosecution led by D.C. U.S. Attorney Matt Graves. And then she says, aren't you glad... Senator Tom Cotton gave them a big raise. Now, I don't know why she singled him out. There were 18 Republican U.S. senators that did, but he was one of them. He was one of them. Um, yeah, there is uh, there's a lot more about the FBI about Ukraine, about January 6th, about about this indictment. When I talk about the FBI, about this indictment, we even have new developments you have probably haven't heard before about the uh, JFK assassination. So a lot to talk about coming up 
on the Doc Washburn Show. Look, obviously the world's going crazy. I've been talking about it. Supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off, while mom-and-pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? Well, what can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com. It's helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created, with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than stakeholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with a woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. And now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the mountains of Montana, near the Yellowstone, this beef is known as Never Ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics or hormones or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com when it asks how you heard about us. Click on my name, Doc Washburn, plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. SwitchToAmerica.com. All right, always delighted to spread the news about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you, even if you're not in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. 
I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it has never come back. My migraines, which I had year-round, also went away and never came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. All right, would you like to save money on your monthly cell phone bill while doing the right thing? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. And make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, is now also offering competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. So if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com. Or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or just call them at 469-FREEDOM. All right, by the way, uh, Julie Kelly mentioned from the Military.com article about the three active duty Marines who worked in intelligence, arrested for nonviolent misdemeanors over two years ago at the Capitol. She quotes from the article, they hold demanding jobs tied to the intelligence community, are stationed at major commands, and have personal commendations and awards to their names. At least one held a significant security clearance. All three have been awarded good conduct medals. 
So I guess uh, the DOJ is going after our finest folks on purpose. I mean, that's certainly what it looks like to me. But I'm still just fascinated by the arrest of the guy who used to be in charge of counterintelligence at the FBI. This is just amazing to me. Cheryl Atkinson, longtime investigative reporter, was with CBS years ago, was with CNN years ago. These days she does a weekly television show called Full Measure that comes on Sunday mornings all over the country. Very rarely does she express an opinion because she's not an op-ed person. She's a reporter. But just nine hours ago, she was on Twitter saying, if nobody fixes the FBI and our other intel agencies, we can only expect more of the same. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So, one of the people I follow over there on Twitter called Proud Elephant said, the FBI official who investigated Trump-Russia collusion has been arrested for colluding with Russia. More proof that the FBI needs to be defunded and dismantled. Yeah. I'm with you, brother. So, there's a lot more about the FBI. I'm just scrolling through a lot of the stuff that I've been collecting here. Yeah, the guy who goes by D.C. Drano, Rogan O'Handley, who I believe worked as as an attorney in the Trump administration. He's out there saying, the more we learn about Biden stealing top secret documents, the more we realize the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago was a complete frame job against Trump. They knew the bottom was going to fall out against Biden, so they hit Trump first. One man could declassify anything. The other one couldn't. By the way, did you hear uh, Whoopi Goldberg went out there on the view yesterday and said presidents and vice presidents can declassify anything they want? Just lied through her teeth. Lied through her teeth because vice presidents cannot declassify anything they want. No, they can't. Now, so I played you the audio a little bit earlier of Charles McGonigal and his partner in crime there, Bill Evanina, devastated over Jim Comey's firing. And... uh, The great Marco Polo guy 
was talking about it, and he said, First of all, in case you were wondering, yes, Charles McGonigal is in our dossier. Page 129 and the Biden laptop report. The report on Hunter Biden's laptop. It's over at bidenlaptopreport.marcopolousa.org. And Marco Polo says, some say that irony is just God laughing. He says McGonigal was also indicted in the D.C. District Court. Based on this filing, the arrest warrant, the former Fed was arrested at JFK Airport just like his probable one-time subject, Patrick Ho. H.O., Patrick Ho. Wasn't that the guy that by, uh, Hunter Biden... We heard audio of him saying that he was the top spy guy in China. And he was Hunter Biden's business associate and he disappeared. Worth billions. Marco Polo says, as you've likely already heard, Patrick Ho's first call from the Metropolitan Correction Center, the jail there in New York, after he got pinched at JFK, was to Joe Biden's brother, Jimmy Biden. For the entire rundown of Patrick Ho's arrest, see pages 126 and following in our dossier. Again, bidenlaptopreport.marcopolousa.org. He says, if justice is served, based on the forfeiture pleadings, Charlie McGonigal will have to fork over his Gucci belt, among other pleasantries, but he need not worry too much as it's unlikely his wife's federal pension will be touched. Oh, so she's, uh, let's see, acquisition process coordinator at the Federal Highway Administration. Oh, I see. My goodness. It's deep, man. It's deep. There is a lot going on here. Now, going back to FOIA fan, he says, hmm, let's see. What kind of last-minute stuff was Biden working on when he was packing up to leave the vice presidency January 2017? Um, Got an email here to... uh, Marie Yovanovitch and George Kent, they were uh, Ukraine types, State Department. So I remember they testified in one of at least one of the Trump impeachments. Subject, you, uh, you, Ukraine form, literally on the last days of his term, the U.S. Vice President Joe Biden is going to Kiev. How can we explain this attention to us? U.S. Vice President Joe Biden plans visiting Ukraine January 15, 2017. It's quite unexpected news. Of course, we're not aware of the specific tasks, and it goes on and on and on. Now, was that where he bragged about getting the prosecutor fired? Remember that? 
Um, Paul Sperry says breaking U.S. Attorney Lausch urged Attorney General Garland to appoint a special counsel the day after his investigation on January 4th interviewed Biden aide Kathy Chung regarding her role in packing and storing classified White House documents. Kathy Chung previously worked with Hunter, who suggested Vice President Biden hire her. Now, go back to our last our last episode of the Doc Washburn Show, because we, we went into great detail about Kathy Chung. Nobody else talking about her. I mean, she's being reported about in the news online, but Fox News isn't talking about her, and probably your favorite radio talk show isn't talking about her. But again, Paul Sperry's got it. U.S. Attorney Lausch, one of, I think one of the only two or three holdovers from the Trump administration, told Merrick Garland to appoint a special counsel the day after his investigators interviewed Biden aide Kathy Chung on January 4th about her role in packing and storing classified White House documents. Chung previously worked with Hunter, who suggested that Joe hire her. And then Han Monkey, Hans Monkey, links to Mike Flynn. We had this yesterday, last episode. Mike Flynn saying to Molly Hemingway, ask who is Kathy Chung, Executive Office of the President, and why in 2015 is she giving a treasure trove of intelligence, phone numbers to Hunter and Redacted? Any foreign power would love to have this information. Hans Monkey said back November 1st, 2020, in response to General Flynn, would Kathy Chung, using her official executive office of the president's email account, hand this kind of information out to a private citizen without approval from above? By the way, Kathy's job title was assistant to the vice president. Because she was sending confidential stuff to Hunter. So, another one over in our little corner of Twitter who goes by the uh, the title of Fourth Branch is saying it's all connected, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. It's going to be fascinating to see where it goes. Um. So, Andrew Weissman, he was the right-hand man for Robert Mueller in the Mueller investigation, like a junkyard dog. He's a bad guy, by the way. He took down Arthur Anderson when there was no need to in the Enron situation years ago. Um, so, Andrew Weissman says, breaking, aiding Deripaska, powerful Russian oligarch who was closely allied with Paul Manafort. Hans Monkey re- replies, Andrew Weissman conveniently 
omits that dirty dossier author Christopher Steele was Deripaska's lobbyist. It's comical how Trump-Russia collusion truthers and thugs are trying to claim that McGonagall's indictment as vindication when the exact opposite is the case. Yeah, and then responding to that, my buddy Larry Beach, who goes by McCabe's Porsche on Block, says someone should point out to Weissman that at the very moment his gang of goons were dropping the hammer on Papa Nobody, his colleague was picking up a bag of cash. Oh, yeah. When Weissman and his goons were trying to take down George Papadopoulos October 5th, 2017, the same day, according to the charging documents that have been released now, the same day outside a restaurant in a parked car in New York City, defendant McGonagall received approximately $80,000 in cash from person A. And, of course, everybody out there is... uh, Trying to figure out who person A is. And I think there's a person B also. So, Paul D. Thacker, journalist, former investigator, U.S. Senate, Harvard, not going to hold that against him, says in response to Kendallanian NBC, former counterintelligence head in FBI's New York office, arrested for alleged money laundering violating sanctions on Russia, Paul D. Thacker says we need a new Frank Church committee. Despite a cloud of suspicious activity and a constant whiff of corruption, Democrats continue to defend the FBI, claiming any complaints by Republicans are partisan. But this indictment might be checkmate. To which Hans Monkey says, FBI agent who investigated Trump for colluding with Russia, arrested for colluding with Russia. You just can't make this stuff up. By the way, you won't hear the media report this, but McGonagall was a Comey protege and a huge Comey fan. Again, alluding to the audio that we played for you a little bit earlier. Now, Miranda Devine, New York Post, the woman who initially broke the story of Hunter Biden's laptop in October of 2020, And the FBI told all the uh, big tech, uh, all the big tech platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Google, everybody, Yahoo, everybody, that it was Russia disinformation, knowing they were lying. Miranda Devine has a new column up about which she says the no there there defense, which is what Biden said the other day, there's no there there, may have worked for Joe Biden in the 2020 campaign. 
when he claimed to know nothing about his son's overseas business dealings, and when the mythology of Honest Joe hadn't collapsed, but no more. There's too much evidence. So, let's take a look at her new article entitled, There's No Hiding Biden's Fright Over Classified Documents Scandal. She says Joe Biden is panicking. An astonishing fifth trove of classified documents was discovered in his Delaware mansion Friday, not by his own lawyers this time, but during a more thorough 13-hour search by the Department of Justice while he holed up in his beach house in Rehoboth, Delaware, which ought to be next on the DOJ search list. Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland has had the audacity to appoint a special counsel to investigate Biden, his long-term trusted factotum Chief of Staff Ron Klain is bailing out, and someone at the White House is throwing his trusted longtime executive assistant, Kathy Chung, under the bus. There's that name again, Kathy Chung. The Washington Post quoted an anonymous insider last week saying that Kathy Chung has confided to associates that she is distressed, that she might have inadvertently been involved in moving or storing classified material at the center, planting the seeds of the current uproar. The fact that the loyal Kathy Chung was personally poached by Hunter Biden in 2012 to work for his father in the vice president's office apparently counts for nothing when it comes to offloading blame from the current resident. I'm not going to call him president. I'm just not going to. That's why Biden looked like a cornered rat in California last week with aspiring heir Gavin Newsom leering over his shoulder and lying through his teeth. Now, whose idea was it for Biden to go to California so Gavin Newsom could be standing right behind him when Biden was lying? But anyway, Miranda Devine says, first, Biden snapped at a reporter who asked about the scandal and then dismissed the question as a handful of documents were filed in the wrong place. Then he effectively issued a warning to Merrick Garland. He told reporters, I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. There's no there there. Miranda Devine says, no there there. What a joke. The no there there defense may have worked for Biden back in the 2020 campaign, when he repeatedly claimed to know nothing about his son's overseas business dealings, and when the mythology of Honest Joe hadn't collapsed, but no more. Too much evidence has emerged from Hunter's laptop, from Hunter's former business partners, from the Twitter files, and from FBI whistleblowers alleging a cover-up of staggering proportions. The first tranche of at least 10 classified documents reportedly was found in the fall, at the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania, and were kept secret by the White House until after the midterm elections. They were dated between 2013 and 2016 and included U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials on Ukraine, Iran, 
and the United Kingdom, according to the CNN. Now, this is the thread that links the pre- I can't call him president. This is the thread that links Biden to the long-running Delaware federal investigation into his son's foreign business dealings. That three-year period corresponds to the most frenetic influence-peddling activity overseas by his son Hunter and his brother Jim Biden, who made millions of dollars from shady interests in Ukraine, China, Russia, and elsewhere. How much more valuable their product would be if they had access to classified documents. Their activity is documented in Hunter Biden's laptop and financial documents held by the Treasury and in testimony from Hunter's former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, who said Joe was the big guy slated to get 10% from a, from a particularly lucrative Chinese deal. Hunter traveled on Air Force Two with his father to do private business during that period, including to China in December 2013. He organized the infamous Cafe Milano dinner for Joe to meet his business partners from Ukraine, Russia, and Kazakhstan in April of 2015. After his separation from his wife in July 2015, Hunter lived off and on at his father's Delaware mansion and listed it as his residence on official documents. He was photographed in 2017 driving his father's Corvette, which was housed in the very garage where classified documents have been found. Hunter also had free reign in his dad's White House office and his privileged access meant his name never showed up on visitor logs. For instance, he took the infamous photo of his then best friend in business, Devin Archer, with his father in the vice president's office, April 2014, shortly before the pair joined the board of the corrupt Ukrainian oil company, Burisma, which paid Hunter 83000 a month or a million a year. That photo ended up briefly on the Burisma website before being taken down on the instructions of a White House lawyer. One striking email during this period stands out. It was from Hunter to Devin Archer, April 13, 2014, a week before Joe Biden visited Ukraine to meet then-Prime Minister Arseny Yatsenyuk and refers to my guy's upcoming travels. Hunter calling Joe my guy. For Hunter, it was an uncharacteristically lengthy email listing 22 points about Ukraine's political situation with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk. Hunter wrote... The strategic value is to create a land bridge for Russia to Crimea. That won't directly affect Burisma Holdings, but it will limit future U.K. exploration and utilization 
of offshore opportunities in particular. Hunter continued, it will also result in further destabilization of, of Ukraine nationality. He didn't mean UK like United Kingdom, he meant Ukraine. It will also result in further destabilization of Ukraine nationally and for whatever government is in power. And the U.S. will respond, will respond. with even stronger sanctions. Those sanctions will threaten the tenuous support of the European Union, which does not have the political will to incur steep energy price increases. Point number 22, Hunter instructed Devin Archer to buy a burner phone, presumably to keep their conversations private. He said, buy a cell phone from a 7-Eleven or a CVS tomorrow, and I'll do the same. Now, it is a prescient and very well-informed email, unlike anything else Hunter wrote in the nine years covered in the laptop, and it has the distinct flavor of an official briefing, perhaps even a classified one. Get it? The last four tranches of classified documents were discovered in Biden's Delaware mansion during four separate searches between December 20th and Friday, January 20th. While there's no indication of the subject matter, Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, issued a statement Saturday evening saying the DOJ search the previous day had discovered six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from Biden's service in the Senate, some of which were from his tenure as vice president. DOJ also took for further review personally handwritten notes from the vice presidential years. He's got a picture of a big old box that says important documents and photos on it. Miranda Devine says, now the country faces the historic spectacle of sitting president and a former president, Donald Trump, both facing special counsel investigations over alleged improper retention of classified records. Biden hasn't faced the FBI raid and leaking abuses that his predecessor endured, but it's the same crime. And in Biden's case, there is a whole lot of there there. If special counsel Robert Herr does his job properly, he will be comparing notes with Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who's been investigating Hunter since 2018. Accountability is coming to Joe Biden, and no amount of dark money groups leaking false narratives to the media will save him. Well, you know, I hope she's right, but again, Merrick Garland serves at his pleasure, so I don't know. I don't know. FOIA fan responds to Miranda Devine's article by saying, it's not just Joe and Hunter who are on the line here, but the intelligence community who actively covered for them and interfered in the election to prevent voters from learning the truth. 
Also, Doug Brown, former executive director of the Nathan Hale Institute, the guy who wrote the book, The Marriage of Corruption and Communism, Back to the USSR, How Lucky We, How Lucky we Are, he says, and the counterintelligence in the intelligence community. The President of the United States was denied a counterintelligence capability for four years because his predecessor, Obama, said it against him, and that allowed his predecessor's VP, Biden, to take his place. And so somebody responds to this. But this, this implicates not just Barack Obama, but James Comey, John Brennan, also Rod Rosenstein, Christopher Wray, Gina Haspel, who's CIA director under Trump, Bill Barr, and virtually everyone in the current DOJ FBI top management, as well as many at Homeland Security, CIA, and the Defense Department. It was huge. It was huge. Now, Dawson S. Field is another one of these guys that I support, that I follow over in our little corner of Twitter. And he links to a New York Times article, which is entitled, Hunting a CIA Mole, Agents Gambled and Let a Suspect Return to China. And this came out in January of 2018, and Dawson S. Field says, McGonagall led the task force put together in 2010 to try to figure out how China and Iran were identifying and disappearing CIA assets. You realize they found all of them in China and Iran. They found all of our CIA assets in China and Iran, and they executed them. Anyway, McGonagall, in this New York Times article, blamed a former CIA agent in Hong Kong, then let him flee the country without arresting him. He came back in 2018 and was arrested. But Dawson S. Field says, so was McGonagall... The FBI mole himself that warned the Russians that the FBI was doing surveillance on the illegals before they got caught compromising a certain Obama cabinet official? See, because I think it's widely assumed that because Hillary was doing all kinds of top-secret classified stuff on an unsecured server, that she's the reason that our CIA assets in Iran and China were scooped up and executed by those governments. So, you know what? We got more. Long thread over here. Another guy that I follow on our little corner of Twitter. And 
the first tweet, he links to an article, former FBI intelligence boss for New York charged with aiding Russian oligarch, article from Cranes, New York. Now, that's kind of interesting because Cranes, New York, tends to be a business news website. I, I didn't know they ever did anything about politics, but... This guy, DocRock1007, I follow on Twitter, says, McGonagall, he's quoting from the Cranes New York article, McGonagall requested and received at least $225,000 from the individual and traveled abroad with him and met with foreign nationals. McGonagall's charged with six counts of false statements, two counts of falsified records, each with a maximum of 20 years imprisonment. Then... He links to an article from The Federalist. Article entitled, More Biden Documents Prove Mar-a-Lago Raid Was Russia Hoax 2.0. And he says, The FBI recovered an additional cache of classified documents from Plug's home. A lot of people used to call Joe Biden Plug's in Wilmington, because he had hair plugs, following a 12-hour search conducted Friday that highlights the ridiculous plot launched to destroy President Trump that culminated in the raid of Mar-a-Lago. So, speaking of which, let's look at this short article from the great Margot Cleveland, dated January 23rd, 2023, Discovery of more Biden docs proves Mar-a-Lago raid with just another Russia collusion hoax. And Professor Cleveland says the FBI recovered an additional cache of classified documents from Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, following a 12-hour search conducted by federal agents on Friday. While this development adds to the scandal surrounding the current occupant of the Oval Office, It does much more. It highlights the ridiculous plot launched to destroy Donald Trump that culminated in the raid of his Mar-a-Lago home. Six items were recovered on Friday from Biden's Delaware home, which consisted of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials. That's what the president's lawyer said in a statement released after the search. While the crafty legalese deployed by the attorney left unclear how many classified documents were contained within the six items recovered. Biden's lawyer confirmed that the documents dated back to the Delaware Democrats' time as both vice president and senator. So spanning from 2017 to possibly as far back as 1973. Biden's lawyers have previously searched the Biden's Wilmington home and garage, and while they discovered a handful of other documents marked classified, they apparently overlooked the six items the FBI found last week. You know, if I may, di- if I may digress for just a moment here, it almost makes you think the FBI should have gotten search warrants and raided everything instead of just letting Biden's lawyers kind of nonchalantly 
handle things themselves. It's almost like there's a double standard of justice. Had you noticed that? Professor Cleveland continues, The search of Biden's home following the discovery on November 2022 of at least 10 classified documents, including ones reportedly marked top secret. Those documents also dated back to his days as vice president under Barack Obama and were stored in a closet at a private office building in D.C. But the so-called think tank where they were stored, the Penn-Biden Center, did not open until February 2018, meaning Biden had kept the classified documents found there at another location for at least a year following his time as vice president. That the classified documents Biden removed from the White House and earlier from the Senate were not missed at the time and are only now being discovered at least a decade later for some and then only after multiple searches of different locations contrasts sharply with what happened following Trump's time in office. According to then-archivist of the United States, David S. Ferrero, he watched the Trumps leave the White House and getting off in the helicopter at the end of Trump's term. Ferrero recalled someone was carrying a white banker box, prompting Ferrero to ask himself, and I quote, what the hell's in that box, unquote. Ferrero claimed, That began a whole process of trying to determine whether any records had not been turned over to the archives with the National Archives and Records Administration, going through materials transferred from the White House in the chaotic final days of Trump's presidency. Now, According to the Washington Post, officials had noticed that certain high-profile documents were missing, such as Trump's correspondence with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un that he termed love letters. The National Archives and Records Administration also could not locate the National Weather Service map of Hurricane Dorian, which Trump had famously marked up with a black Sharpie pen to extend to Alabama, or the letter Obama had left for Trump upon the change in administrations. The National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, sought the return of these documents, and in January 2022, Trump representatives worked with NARA employees to arrange for 15 boxes of presidential papers to be returned to the archive. Within those boxes were some documents marked classified, which led NARA to refer the matter to the Department of Justice. The DOJ then launched an investigation into Trump, even though when alerted to Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified documents, NARA made no such referral. A grand jury later issued a subpoena for any presidential documents, and following a search of Mar-a-Lago by Trump's representatives, those documents were turned over. However, after a source told the DOJ that some documents remained at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI obtained a search warrant and executed a surprise raid in the former president's home. This entire sequence began because NARA 
went looking for missing documents and then, rather than work with Trump to establish his presidential library and to arrange for the documents to be stored under the auspices of NARA's custody at a mutually agreeable location, something NARA did do for Obama, NARA created a federal criminal case out of the matter. Had NARA dug through former Senator and then Vice President Biden's documents looking for the smoking gun that was not there, they would have discovered the classified documents Biden absconded with too, and likely many more documents that over the last decade-plus years disappeared forever. Ditto for Obama. The most recent discovery of six items containing an untold number of classified documents at Biden's Delaware home illustrates this point. It also brings into focus the Get Trump scheme launched by a backbench bureaucrat that culminated in the raid on the former president's Mar-a-Lago home. With this reality now in focus, Americans would be wise to revisit the timeline leading up to the Mar-a-Lago raid because the Trump classified document scandal bears all the hallmarks of a hoax peddled by the deep state cabal and their corrupt media partners. That is the great Margot Cleveland over the Federalist, the article entitled Discovery of More Biden Docs Proves Mar-a-Lago Raid Was Just Another Russia Collusion Hoax. Yes, indeed. So, Doc Rock 1007 says the FBI recovered an additional cache of classified docs from Plug's home in Wilmington following a 12-hour search conducted Friday. It highlights the ridiculous plot launched to destroy President Trump that culminated in the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Then he's got a link to something called Tirana Post. Now, I don't know what Tirana Post is. What is Tirana Post? T-I-R-A-N-A. Looks like it's an English-speaking news site from another country. Anyway, it says Prime Minister Eddie Rama has revealed today the conversation he held with Joe Biden at the NATO summit in Madrid. Okay, well, all I got to do is figure out who this Eddie Rama guy is. E-D-I Rama? I'm I'm sorry. I'm pleading ignorance here. No, no, no. Not like George Costanza. Um. Oh, he's the president of Albania. Oh my goodness. So, 
Doc Rock 1007 says, Pops, Biden, together with Albanian president, wondering where he is, wishing he had an ice cream cone. Then the screenshot from the indictment. Of course, in fall 2017, Albanians gave 225000 in cash to McGonagall. In November 2017, McGonagall instigated prosecution of political opponents in the U.S. of his Albanian paymasters. Then, another link to ForensicNews.net. Agent number one in the New York indictment is Yevgeny Fokin. He says, Person A is a naturalized U.S. citizen born in Albania, resident in New Jersey, former employee of Albanian Intelligence Service 30 years ago. Person B was an Albanian national employed by a Chinese energy conglomerate. Biden's strange tolerance for Albania's narco state corresponds with identification of Duca as person B with several Albanian mobsters connected to the Sinaloa cartel. Oh, my goodness. Those boys don't play. So this Duca guy must be uh, an Albanian. Let me see, because he, he links to uh, Washington Examiner. Let's see. Washington Examiner article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says um, about halfway through. In October 2020, offering photographic evidence, Albanian news outlet Dostja reported on a meeting between Mark Hauptman, Dorian Dutka, and Eddie Rama at the Prime Minister's office. Hauptman is a former Bundestag lawmaker for Germany's center-right CDU party. He resigned in 2021 after being linked to an Azerbaijani Lobbying scandal, Duca is a former Albanian energy minister turned fixer for the prime minister. Oh, I see. Boy, it's it's getting deep. Sinaloa cartel, man. He says CEFC China Energy courted leaders in Albania. And that's the company that, of course, Hunter was tied in with. McGonagall has interesting friends Duca was in a photograph of a meeting between Albanian Prime Minister Rema and Albanian mobsters said to be connected to the Sinaloa cartel. Oh, man. It's one of those Mexican drug cartels. McGonagall and one of the Albanians sought $500,000 from a Bosnian pharmaceutical company in exchange for arranging a meeting with U.S. officials. Person C is a former Bosnian defense minister charged in 2021 for corruption. A guy named Selmo Kikotic. You know, there's going to be a, a pop quiz next class. 
So Marco Polo over there at BidenLaptopReport.MarcoPoloUSA.org reported in November 2017 Hunter Exchange where Hunter received a million dollars to aid Patrick Ho of the China Energy Fund Company, CFC. They asked then whether indicted FBI official Charles McGonigal worked it for Hunter Biden. McGonigal is mentioned on several occasions in the Marco Polo report on Hunter Biden's laptop. They noted that McGonigal's daughters played soccer with Hunter Biden. Oh, I'll bet you. I'll bet they were attractive young ladies, too. That's, you know, Hunter Biden tends to be, you know, attracted to attractive young ladies. So, anyway, um, Washington Times reporting Trump campaign figures say McGonigal arrest underscores FBI corruption. And Michael Caputo. Over to Americano Media has a little thread about this because he's mentioned in the article. Michael Caputo, another former member of Mr. Trump's 2016 campaign, said he hopes Mr. McGonigal is assigned a particularly difficult prison block for the pain that the FBI probe caused Trump campaign workers. Mr. Caputo said, this is just the tip of the iceberg of FBI duplicity, but frankly, the FBI is expert at covering their backsides, and I have no confidence of ever melting that iceberg. In 2016, a Russian-born criminal FBI informant, alias Henry Greenberg, tried to sell me and Roger Stone info about Hillary Clinton. We proved... He had been working for the FBI for 17 years. FBI agent Charlie McGonigal and his team assigned Greenberg to try to entrap us. Wow. You know, you pull a thread and it just, it just keeps getting deeper. My buddy Larry Beach, McCabe's Porsche on Blocks, he says, the real takeaway from the McGonigal indictment is this. He's likely just the one who got caught so far. But will he flip? That's the question. So, uh, I have to share with you some uh, startling news about Ukraine. And uh, this is uh, pretty rough. Again, from one of these people I follow in our little corner of Twitter, and some of these people have to remain anonymous, have to use assumed names for obvious reasons when you get into what they're talking about. This one goes by Blue Canaries. And 
It's a thread about Ukraine and the dark side. Dark side of Ukraine, the uncomfortable truths. Stem cell medical tourism. Missing babies. Organ harvesting and human trafficking. So, stem cell tourism research. 2003, creation of the innovative biotechnological biotechnological company, the Institute of Cell Therapy, 2008 first clinical trials in stem cells in Ukraine. Ukraine does stem cell treatments involving fetal and embryonic stem cells, continues during wartime in 2022. Missing babies, 2002 mothers in Kharkiv, Ukraine, said they gave birth to healthy babies, and they were declared dead or stillborn by hospital staff. O five, Council of Europe sent to Kharkiv to investigate baby trafficking. Organ harvesting, 2010, 12 people arrested for selling human organs from Ukrainians to Israelis' kidneys. 2011, reports of organ harvesting continuing. 2011 to 2022, horrific situations of soldiers having organs removed after being killed. Human trafficking, 2014, U.S. State Department's Trafficking in Persons report. Children in orphanages and crisis centers continue to be particularly vulnerable to trafficking within Ukraine. 2015, Disability Rights International releases No Way Home, the exploitation and abuse of children in Ukraine's orphanages after a three-year study. We're just getting started, unfortunately. He says, the dark sides of Ukraine have been overshadowed by the war. I was able to verify that the medical tourism business in Ukraine stopped briefly at the beginning of the war, but did resume June 1st, 2022. Stem cell medical tourism is available all over the world. However, the stem cells are not all the same. Stem cells can come from bone marrow, umbilical cords, placenta, and some use embryonic or fetal cells. Ukraine offers the latter. And he has a link to the website for Institute of Cell Therapy out of Ukraine. He says in 2012, stem cell drugs developed and manufactured by the Institute were officially approved by the Ministry of Health of Ukraine for clinical use, stem cells have unique abilities to self-renew and to recreate functional tissues. Stem cells have the ability to self-renew. By the way, we're about at two minutes, and I think Podbean, the Podbean app, is probably going to cut me off here. Um, so I apologize for the inconvenience and I appreciate everybody listening. Um, and I apologize if you're getting ready to be cut off here. But the whole the whole podcast will be up when I upload it here in a little bit, okay?
and thank you very much. Missing babies. This is a, a link to an article from the UK Standard, the Evening Standard in the UK, entitled The Babies Who Are Murdered to Order, from April thirteenth, 2012. He says the stem cells used in these techniques are bought by IRM from the Ukraine. Could there be a link with the Ukrainian mothers who believe their babies were deliberately taken from them? Evening Standard article says the plastic bag looks as if it contains meat, but then a right leg is taken from it and placed surgically on the morgue table, followed by the left one, then the torso. The head follows a gaping cavity where the brain used to be. But it is only when the gloved hand of the pathologist examines the tiny fingers of a baby aged about 30 weeks that the full horror of what I am witnessing sinks in. The shocking scene was captured on video at post-mortem examinations carried on on behalf of Ukrainian mothers who claimed their babies were stolen from them at birth. The film was shown to me by an incredibly brave charity worker called Tatyana Shakarova, who represents up to 300 families who believe their healthy babies were deliberately targeted at a maternity hospital in Ukraine's most easterly city of Kharkiv. Well, I bet those folks wanted to be taken over by the Russians. The babies, believes Tatyana, were taken at birth to have their organs and stem cells harvested as part of a sickening but highly lucrative international trade. Certainly the Ukraine has become the main supplier of the global stem cell trade. And the article goes on and on. I mean, I can't read the whole thing, but it's uh, shocking, uh, heartbreaking, infuriating, maddening. Then we have an article from the European Center for Law and Justice entitled The Case of the Missing Children, Lost Babies and Corpses Without Organs Fuel Allegations of Trafficking in Body Parts in Ukraine. And the quote, but when his small group of activists visited clinics in Kharkiv, Donetsk, and other Ukrainian cities in 2009, they found evidence of an underground market in fetus parts. Organ harvesting from 2010, the Jerusalem Post. Twelve people, some of them Israeli, were arrested in the Ukraine on suspicion they were selling human organs, Army Radio reported on Friday. Again, this is back in 2010. Then from the uh, Haaretz, big newspaper in Israel, H-A-A-R-E-T-Z, report Israeli suspected of running Ukraine organ trafficking ring. The quote, according to the report, the network operated for over t- three years, 
and recruited donors via the Internet. Most of the donors were young women who agreed to sell a kidney for $10,000. And there's more. Another quote from strategic-culture.org. The state of forced organ harvesting, as described by Bloomberg in 2011, implicated criminal gangs in Ukraine specifically, as have other reports. So many reports of organ harvesting operations, and they are just quickly dismissed. They have also, there have also been videos. They're also dismissed. This is not a Russia versus Ukraine issue. This is a humanitarian issue. And then from Medium.com, article entitled Humans, Human Beings Disassembled Like Legos. The quote, since February 2022, there's been constant information from Ukraine that large quantities of medical equipment, including containers for transporting human organs, are being delivered to units of the armed forces of Ukraine. On December 14, 2022, Van Den Ende reported Russian hackers from a group known as the Anarchist Combatants gained access to the lists of over 35,000 Ukrainian servicemen who are listed as missing by hacking into the website of the Ukrainian Military Command. To be honest, I did not start looking for all these human atrocities. I was looking to see if Ukraine was open for medical tourism business during the time of war. What I found cannot be ignored. It looks like most of the media is ignoring it, but I'm not. I, I mean, I'll be a voice crying in the wilderness. Human trafficking, this also encompasses abuse and exploitation of children in orphanages. From Kiev, Ukraine, April 16, 2015. Today, DRI released its groundbreaking report, No Way Home, the Exploitation and Abuse of Children in Ukraine's Orphanages, the result of a three-year investigation into the country's egregious human rights violations perpetrated against its most vulnerable citizens, children, locked away in orphanages, institutions, boarding schools, and other segregated facilities. Ukraine remains one of Europe's most notorious sources of human trafficking. Since 1991, over 160,000 men, women, and children have been exploited for labor, sex, forced begging, and organ removal according to a mid-2015 report for IOM. From the BBC. BBC article from uh, November 2016, November 22, 2016. Ukraine teacher tried to sell girl age 13 for $10,000. Quote from the article. They got this seller red-handed when she took the girl out of the boarding school, brought her to the buyers, and received money. 
UK Guardian. Article entitled, The Stranded Babies of Kiev and the Women Who Give Birth for Money. A UK Guardian article from June 15, 2020. Subtitle, Lockdown Exposed the Scale of the Commercial Baby Business in Ukraine and now women hired for their wombs are speaking out. The quote, he says, other investigations involved allegations of fraud and even a human trafficking inquiry in 2016 after an Italian couple discovered in 2011 that the children they had taken home were not genetically related to them. He uh, winds up, and Blue Canaries, whoever he is, says he's an unapologetic American. And then it says 2 Corinthians 1, 1 through 11. And then it says, don't let your comfort zone become your kill zone. So we're going to check out that, that passage. But he winds up this thread saying, this is heavy stuff. My heart is aching now, but I give you this because I have been called to speak out about these things I believe are still happening. I needed to lay it all out for the people, the soldiers, and the children of Ukraine. Please pray for them. And indeed, we must. All right, let's... uh, Let's look up that passage because I've never read anything like this before. And I uh, I really respect whoever this is that has publicized all of this. And the 2 Corinthians 1, 1 through 11 is something that uh, he's posted on his Twitter profile. He hangs his hat on. The least we can do is read it. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, It is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unwise, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, 
but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. All right, now, I have been promising you to tell you what they haven't told you about the JFK assassination and also about January 6th and I would recommend that you go to amgreatness.com amgreatness.com like American Greatness and look up the article the latest article by Julie Kelly entitled Police Injured by Friendly Fire on January 6th subtitled Newly released evidence proves police officers were gassed by so-called friendly fire on January 6, 2021. Did that include Brian Sicknick? So please do. Go check that out on amgreatness.com. So... I always know there's going to be so much more at the end of each episode on the next episode, but I've still got to share with you about the JFK assassination. So hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto. The automobile dealership in the middle of the USA, the big old car dealership that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to, online, and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's tweet of the day is from Kyle Becker over Becker News, and he linked to Tucker Carlson talking about the deep state, the assassination of President Kennedy, and of all people, Richard Nixon. And it went something like this. And if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. 
Wait a minute, you may ask. Why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? (laughs) No, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was re-elected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Less than two years later, he was gone. He was forced to resign. And in his place, an obedient servant of the federal agencies called Gerald Ford took over the White House. How did that happen? What's well, a long story, but here are the highlights, and they tell you a lot. Richard Nixon believed that elements in the federal bureaucracy were working to undermine the American system of government and had been doing that for a long time. He often said that. He was absolutely right. On June 23, 1972, Nixon met with the then CIA director, Richard Helms, at the White House. During the conversation, which thankfully was tape recorded, Nixon suggested he knew, quote, who shot John, meaning President John F. Kennedy. Nixon further implied that the CIA was directly involved in Kennedy's assassination, which we now know it was. Helms' telling response? Total silence. But for Nixon, it didn't matter because it was already over. Four days before, on June 19th, the Washington Post had published the first of many stories about a break-in at the Watergate office building. Unbeknownst to Nixon and unreported by the Washington Post, four of the five burglars worked for the CIA. The first of many dishonest Watergate stories was written by a 29-year-old Metro reporter called Bob Woodward. Who exactly was Bob Woodward? Well, he wasn't a journalist. Bob Woodward had no background whatsoever in the news business. Instead, Bob Woodward came directly from the classified areas of the federal government. Shortly before Watergate, Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. He had a top-secret clearance. He worked regularly with the intel agencies. At times, Woodward was even detailed to the Nixon White House, where he interacted with Richard Nixon's top aides. Soon after leaving the Navy, for reasons that have never been clear, Woodward was hired by the most powerful news outlet in Washington and assigned the biggest story in the country. And just to make it crystal clear what was actually happening, Woodward's main source for his Watergate series was the deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt. And Mark Felt ran, and we're not making this up, the FBI's COINTELPRO program, which was designed to secretly discredit political actors the federal agencies wanted to destroy, people like Richard Nixon. And at the same time, those same agencies were also working to take down Nixon's elected vice president, Spiro Agnew. In the fall of 1973, Agnew was indicted for tax evasion and forced to resign. His replacement was a colorless congressman from Grand Rapids called Gerald Ford. What was Ford's qualification for the job? Well, he had served on the Warren Commission, which absolved the CIA of responsibility for President Kennedy's murder. Nixon was strong-armed into accepting Gerald Ford by Democrats in Congress. Quote, we gave Nixon no choice but Ford, Speaker of the House Carl Albert later boasted. Eight months later, Gerald Ford of the Warren Commission was the President of the United States. See how that works? So those are the facts. Not speculation, all of that actually happened. None of it's secret, most of it actually is on Wikipedia. But no mainstream news organization has ever told that story. It's so obvious, yet it's intentionally ignored. And as a result, permanent Washington remains in charge of our political system. Unelected lifers in the federal agencies make the biggest decisions in American government and crush anyone who tries to rein them in. And in the process, our democracy becomes a joke. 
Now, you may have noticed that the very first person in the Trump administration the agencies went after was General Michael Flynn. Why Flynn? Because Mike Flynn was a career Army intel officer who ran the Defense Intelligence Agency. In other words, Mike Flynn knew exactly how the system worked. And as a result, he was capable of fighting back. Four days after Donald Trump's inauguration, the FBI lured Mike Flynn into a meeting without his lawyer, concocted a series of fake crimes, and forced him to resign. So that's how things actually work in Washington. Let's stop lying about it. Joe Biden, meanwhile, whooped like a hyena when the Justice Department destroyed Mike Flynn. So there is, we have to say, a certain perverse justice in watching something very similar happen to Joe Biden himself six years later. Joe Biden does not deserve our sympathy. He's being shafted, but don't weep for him. And yet the rest of us do deserve a better system, an actual democracy. When people nobody voted for run everything, you are not living in a free country. Okay, do you have any idea how much courage it takes for the man you just listened to to go out there and make these points on a regular basis? You know, we need to pray for our country. But we certainly also need to pray for men like Tucker Carlson. Pray for his protection. You've got to understand, they're very powerful people in our government that are incensed that he is telling the truth about them. And, of course, more often than not, he's the most watched show on the Fox News channel. Every once in a while, the five will finish higher. But ordinarily, Tucker Carlson is, has the most viewers on the Fox News channel. And there's a reason for this. Nobody else on their daily program schedule is coming across with the kind of truth that he is just doing every night. And uh, I am just in awe of what he's able to get away with. So, President Nixon told the CIA director, I know who killed John. I didn't know he told the CIA director that. Now, I think I knew that four of the uh, Watergate burglars were CIA. I think I remember hearing that back in the day, but I was a kid, you know, I, I, I didn't put two and two together. I certainly do now. Thank you, Tucker Carlson. God bless him. Pray for our country and pray for Tucker Carlson and pray that God will raise up more people to try to get the truth out.
about what is really going on in our country. All right. You have been listening to episode 329 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Bound. That's the way it is. Monday, January 23rd, 2023.